Intentional surviving unit on Cadia. This is Radio Operator 1 broadcasting from Outpost 11. Our situation is dire, but our resolve remains unbroken. The planet has fallen, but we stand as a testament to the indomitable spirit of Cadia. We will not be forgotten. Cadia stands. Cadia stands. The import protects. Cadia stands. Katie is dead! <laughs> Katie stands! Oh shit! Katie! Katie stands! What's going on, Radio Free Katie listeners, and welcome to episode number two of Radio Free Katie. I've got my co host, Tyler, here. Going to what's going on, Tyler? Yo, 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 what's going on? And this is a Warhammer 40k podcast, uh, kind of geared towards newer players. And uh, oh boy, do we have an episode for you guys. Uh, obviously, y'all read the title, so you clearly know this is the uh, Mobility is Survivability episode. Why are we talking about mobility? Isn't that the easiest part of 40K? <laughs> you would think so, Tyler, but that is not <laughs> what newer players look for whenever they're picking out their army and they're picking out what units to purchase whenever... Uh, whenever they're picking out their models, whenever whenever you looked at your models for the first time and wanted to build your army, what was what was the main thing you were looking for? I'm looking for the attacks, that AP, that damage, baby. That's right, and I think that's one of the uh, the pitfalls and the traps that we see in a lot of newer players is when they go look at their model, they say which one of these guys has the biggest gun and can do the most damage. Right? Well, what if you can't get there? Exactly, dude. And that's that's kind of where we wanted to bring this episode because one of the easiest things that we've seen whenever you're fighting a newer opponent is to, I guess, uh, trap them in their deployment zone. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we, we see it uh, quite often at our local gaming uh, shop. It's really easy to take board control and kind of corner your opponent into their deployment zone. Yeah, guys, it's probably one of the, the, the strongest things we want to talk about right now is there's two parts of this game. There's obviously the killing your opponent. That's probably the easiest thing to grasp onto. You want to do damage to your opponent's models. And a lot of people get caught in that bloodlust and that kind of, you know, I'm going to kill everything on the table. <laughs> I would also say it's probably the most fun part of the game. Yeah. Like, you like blowing stuff up. And- it, it's really hard to not... I guess take those blinders off, right? And to see the bigger picture of the game, which is your main objective, (laughs) which is your secondary objective. Exactly. And so what happens is you kind of get funneled into the, I want to roll dice and I want my opponent to remove models. But if you have an opponent who has managed to push you and keep you into your side of the board and has full board control... While you can kill all of his models, he will continue to rack up points on the backfield, and you will never be able to catch up to him with, with your points. And that's kind of... Yeah, I mean, if I win the first three rounds in points, you got two rounds to catch up to me. Exactly. And you know, it doesn't matter. You guys have to understand, in the previous editions, if you tabled an opponent, that was just a hard win. It's not like that not anymore. I mean, we, we actually saw it in our game the other night. It's what happens. You technically tabled me, but I had a, a unit in reserves because I'm Grey Knights, and I got to go score some massive points off of it. And that that is what we want to talk about, guys. We want to talk about why 
mobility is important ways to make your armies mobile and then also uh some different uh i guess some different missions and, and reasons why you should have that's going to be kind of the point of this episode um especially the secondaries they want you going all over the board it's one of the biggest things that i think it it really there's so many secondaries that happen outside of your deployment zone i would say Easy 75, 80% of them. Easily 75, 80%. Now, I would say that the other 25 are things like, you know, your bring it downs, your assassinate, and things like that, which require you to uh, just murder stuff, which is completely fine. Those are are fun for me. But I would say that the points-wise, those don't yield the same amount of points as, like, the... Capture enemy outpost. Capture enemy outpost. That's, That's eight, eight points. points. That's the, and if you had a, a mobile army, if you had a mar, an army that can get around your deployment zone, get around the center of the table, and, and get to where it needs to go, then uh, then you are going to be much better off and a much better case than somebody who's, uh, uh, I guess, being bullied and being kept in their deployment zone. I mean, some armies do like to be pretty still, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have your Necrons and your Guards that like to castle up a lot. But it's really hard for them in this edition. Uh, coming from older editions, that's what people mm-hmm. like to do. But in this edition, that castling up isn't providing them the same amount of success as they might have seen in those older editions. I think what's going on right now is, like, a lot of the optics, especially in the Guard side of things, right? Like, yep. Guard, you think of guards like, I want to run a gun line. Absolutely. Now, granted... Don't get me wrong. Running a gun line looks good on the table. It looks fun. It's effective. Uh, it's effective. You're going to whittle your opponent down. You are, as they're coming at you, you're taking them out, removing models, everything like that. The thing is, like we had previously said, just removing models is not going to get you in a good enough position to where you're actually going to take a victory, right? Yep. Um, now, it, it, it is one of those things we want to kind of force into your mindset is although you do have a strong gun line you need to dedicate units that are going to be in your enemy's deployment zone or taking that midfield control and everything like that you do not want to get caught up and stay castled up because what's going to happen is in that 75 percent case of you running those uh um those secondaries, you are going to get something that's going to require you to end up across the table. And you can, in fact, burn those objectives. Oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do the secondary. But you can only do that so much before you are... Uh, only once a game yeah. before the round starts. I mean, you can do it every time after the round. Yeah. But, I mean, I just I don't think it's worth banking on getting the objectives that you want to get because it is random and that's the glory of the tactical missions yeah don't uh it's one of the big things especially for newer players out there do not build an army that will be dedicated to destroying your opponent right i mean granted that is a very very good uh a good method of killing right there's i mean if you can kill them fast (laughs) but it's hard to to wipe an opponent turn two in this game yeah, it's a, it's it's something that you need to look at these the so when you're looking at points for a model, you can definitely see the way they skew the points as far as something that is very, with a very big gun tends to be very slow. Mm-hmm. And they are quite a bit of points. 
for sure. And a lot of the times what you'll see is things that ha- that are paying a premium for them to be fast. And we're talking like your assault Marines, your storm speeders, your all of the gray Knights. Uh, yeah. Your, your <laughs> sentinels, your scout sentinels, um, things that move really quickly yep. and, and can, can show up uh, pretty fast on the board edge. They usually have this weird premium for, for points that are not necessarily, you don't always feel like you're getting your best bang for your buck, especially when you look at it from a top down, right? Yeah, I mean, a new player looking at an index card, they're going to see 200 points for this Grey Knight that has Storm Bolters and a Strength 6 weapon. Like, ugh. Yeah, why would I want this? <laughs> but they're not looking at the full picture, being able to pick them up, move them wherever you need them to be, which that's what you're paying the premium for. That is absolutely. And, and I think once you start digging into your army, you're going to find more mobile units. And I think... Probably one of the healthiest things, and, and we talk about this like, you know, hey, 75% of these uh, secondary objectives are going to require you to move outside of your deployment zone. Do we think that you could, should have 75 units of deep strikers that go to the enemy deployment zone? Absolutely not. That's nope. not. I've learned that lesson. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> definitely uh, uh, your opponent is going to know what's up immediately. They're going to know that they can castle up and they can spread out and keep you out of their deployment zone. Uh, but... I would say that you probably need to, at a minimum, have probably between 25 and 30% of your army needs to be pretty mobile above that like 8-inch to 10-inch movement range, possibly deep striking, possibly, or, or a unit that you prepare to go outside of your uh, of your, your deployment zone for sure. And those units... I typically, I don't know about you, but typically I would either make those units a unit I really don't care about dying if it's mm-hmm. going to be in the deployment zone or a unit that can really do a lot of damage in one turn. Exactly, dude, 100%. Like, uh, like those multi-melts that you threw at me, uh, you deep struck them in, or you threw them with your librarian? Yeah. I mean, I got an Overwatch on. You had two models left and you still brought it down one of my toughest units. Yeah, that's really, uh, like right now, I think if like, especially like some of you Space Marine players out there, like Inceptors... Are, are really good. They have a the special ability where they can uh, deep strike in within three inches of an enemy model, yep. and, and and so it, you when you do draw those those uh, those secondaries that are you know hey you know capture the enemy stronghold or or investigate the signals in the corners, you know you can have those units in your back pocket. Say hey, I am ready to get into my enemy deployment zone now. Granted, like with my Inceptors, right? Mm-hmm. They're not super expensive. They're not survivable. But when they do come in, they do pack a punch. Yeah, they have that. Uh, you run them with the Plasmas. I don't know if they yeah, can be run yeah. with anything else. They keep, they, you can run them with the uh, the Bolters. But I, I do run them with the Plasma. So you that, overcharge them because you really don't care if they get I hurt. I do not care if they get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> they did their job. <laughs> so, so what I do is, you know, I, I kind of, whatever mission I have, I kind of gear those deep strikes for that. And the, I mean, obviously, you know, it's a. It, it, I'm running Blood Angels, so I have the Librarian Dreadnought, so I can throw my my units wherever they need to go. But I always keep that in mind: is that once my my opponent has moved outside of his deployment zone, to go ahead and give that back pressure, and also, you know, it's to have those guys ready for when I draw those cards for uh, uh, for those different objectives for the for the rear. That's a that's a pretty big deal. For sure. And then also I feel like uh, another mistake I see people make is bringing a melee heavy 
unit in their back lines. Mm-hmm. And if I have a very mobile army, I'm gone. I'm, I'm just leaving that guy. <laughs> no, just, There's no way I'm going to go fight that guy. <laughs> I, I've, I played a guard player. He had uh, the the melted lances on the horses. And I was playing my fast orcs, and I just jetted to the other side of the, <laughs> just, the board. I'm not. I'm not nah, doing with them. <laughs> Peaced out. There's yeah, no man, way. It's just like nah, I've, I already lost those points. No, no reason to go go back and fight it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm very much a, uh, and and really, I would say that you know. Obviously, if you go look in your army list, you're going to have somebody that can deep strike. I think there. I don't think there is a. I don't think there is a faction right now that doesn't have a deep striker. Yeah, uh, not that I can think of. Maybe, so maybe orcs, but they have the weird boy to throw. Don't you have the copters? Uh, well, they come in reserves. Yeah, yeah, they can yeah. deep strike. Yeah, all your planes come in reserves. Yeah, and they so, have super mobile. So obviously, you can deep strike stuff in. That's kind of one of the. That's something that you can. Find yourself on the back line pretty easily. Find yourself on the back line pretty quick. And something to look into. But let's say you have already got this full army. You you are already pretty much set in your models. You're set in your way. You've got this massive gun line. And you do find yourself that people are starting to push up on you and keeping you in your deployment zone. There is still strategic reserve. Yep. And it's strategic reserve can be tricky because it does work a little bit different. You're coming off the board edge. you got to be away from nine inches of your opponent. And on rounds one and two, or rounds two, you can't be in the deployment zone, or their deployment zone. Right. So there is a kind of a way that they can screen out, but a lot of people, from what I've seen, aren't screening out uh, this, and there's a lot of gaps that you can get your guys in. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things, guys, where you need to understand what your opponent is going to do. And I know it seems kind of like, well, obviously, I don't know that. I'm not my opponent. If I did know that, I would be this, you know, professional player. But armies that are melee heavy, your world eaters, your orcs, right? Yep. Anything, anything of these, like, d- definitely these armies that are more tiered, like space wolves, that they want to be in combat, they want to move in with you, that is when you can decide to say, you know what? I know these guys are, are kind of useless in their own deployment zone they do want to push forward on me they do want to get here quickly and with that you don't have to decide what's going to be in strategic reserve until the beginning of the game and you're in your deployment yep so with that in mind you can take make that mental note you say hey i have a unit that's a swing right mm-hmm. they don't always have to be in strategic reserve but i do know that they're very quick they don't have deep strike, but I also know that they're going to be able to get to wherever I need them to go. They are survivable. They can last on their own. They've either got you know high toughness, high armor saves, something that can get into your enemy deployment zone and survive on its own, get you the points you need in that in that zone. And and, and honestly, it doesn't even have to be that tough. It doesn't have to be that heavy of an armor save. If it's if it's you know maybe a little sneaky, like it's got stealth, it's got smoke bombs. A lot of people don't use the uh, smoke grenades for vehicles. Yeah, the, yep. You know, anything like that, you can find yourself in a, a position where you bring that strategic reserve. And that's for any unit. Any unit can be in strategic reserve. Yep. You have 25% of your army in strategic reserves. Come in turn two, set up six inches along the board edge and nine, away nine inches from enemy models. Right. And and, and honestly, you know, there, there's a number of different... Uh, I'm a big fan of the enemy deployment zone. Yep. Just because the way that I've seen when I've played games... The enemy deployment zone is basically barren by turn three, right? Yep. Especially but, with the melee heavy armies. Yeah. I me- mean, my orcs are just, other than my grots chilling in the back. Yes. 
<laughs> all my orcs are gone. You know? y- y'all stay here. Y'all, <laughs> y- y'all dig for the the CP back here. <laughs> have, you, have you seen the? Uh, have you seen the the TikTok where they're talking about the uh, uh, the orcs? Uh, there's like it says my grots farming uh, CP in the back. Yeah. Or while I uh, while I go fight, and it's like a playground of like kids. Yeah, that was mine. That was mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I made it because. Eric, I played Eric. Uh, we were, I charged up. I had all my orcs and my, I had my grots in the very back and they're just mining away for CP and getting me uh, points on my home objective. And Eric goes, I'm going to fire all my Earthshaker cannons into them. I was like, you're going to what? These are grots. I'm like, these are the toughest too. It took them, it took them all. That's what you got to do, man. You got to, you, you got to, you got to recognize immediately that there's people in those back deployment zones and that's kind of one of the things you need to realize when you are going to strategic reserve make sure you take a unit put a unit of strategic reserve that uh that can defend itself you know yeah make sure it's uh capable of killing some grots or some uh arbites you know yeah i mean there's gonna be a throwaway unit usually in the de- deployment zone right and just have a unit that's capable of killing that throwaway unit the good news is, like, there's not going to be some Terminators waiting back there for you, right? <laughs> That's just a waste of points to have that. So a good mid-tier unit is is something, I think even a tactical squad, even a... a, a I think that's a perfect... Yeah, like yeah. Some, something that has a, a decent a decent armor save, actually can could have decent weapons, like a, a, a what do you call it, a, a incursor squad, you know, anything like that that can just, you know, handle its own excellent to go ahead and put in a strategic reserve and just let them go handle business i mean that's what i did with my devastators you know yeah, and it worked very nice they, um, i do i do use that with my uh strike squad on uh my gray knights because they have sticky objective too so if you get more points for scoring in your enemy's deployment zone or objective i go put them on there and it makes it sticky they die off well now you got to send a unit back over there to to yep. recapture that that point because it's sticky so that's just annoying and could pull a unit out of the fighting that would have to go recapture their their objective marker. Yeah, and there's not a lot of stuff that, like, I think uh, Blood Angels are kind of the exception where they can, uh, you know, in Grey Knights, I can pick stuff up, move it around on the table, and, yep. and, and I think a Death Watch has something similar. Yep. There's very few things that actually have that kind of mobility like that where they can just, like, pick up and teleport around the table and things like that. So something like that is very damaging once it happens to you because breaking somebody off, moving them that way, moving them to go take care of that, to go unsticky the objective, now you're looking at a whole, you know, it it breaks whatever you were trying to do, and you're also obviously going to be way behind in points at that point. Say you fail your charges and you are a melee heavy army. And you fail your charges. I'm picking up my Grey Knights and I'm going to the other side of the board. Like, you have to go run across the other side of the board. Because yeah. there's plenty of points to be had on all sides of the board, usually. Yeah. I mean, definitely mobility right now, and I think no matter what army you're looking at, is going to be absolutely something that you need to have as a uh, at the forefront of your thoughts whenever you're doing this. If it's, if it's not in the form of a dedicated transport... If it's, you know, maybe in a deep striking unit that you've been looking at, it's going to be a, a, a pretty hefty squad that has that you think can stand on its own and come in. And it's always one of those difficult decisions that you that you want to put something in strategic reserve, especially when you're seeing and 
it's kind of one of those things where you have to disassociate yourself from that turn one. Yep. Because once you see the enemy deployment zone and you see it completely filled with enemy units, you're like, well, I'm never going to be able to come in there. Like, yeah. I'm never going to have... You just play, have to play a horde army with like orcs and they just got their yeah. green wall over there. Yeah. And you think to yourself, I'm never going to find an opening. I mean, it's turn three is going to come. They're going to screen me out. I'm not going to be able to come in. Just remember if let's say the worst case scenario happens and you just so happen to play against a castled up orc who's staying in their deployment zone, yep. then turn two, you don't have to come in the deployment zone. You can come in on the side of the table and, and, and bring yourself in there and, and go capture. And then right. go, you know, go trap your enemy and do exactly what we're talking about doing people doing to you. I mean, yeah, that's the other flip side of <laughs> mobility is being able to trap your opponent in their deployment zone. Right. If they don't have a mobile army, if they don't have those units in strategic reserves, and you are able to get up and get middle board control, and then you kind of dictate how the game and the pace is going. Um, basically, I'm, I'm usually pushing aside and trying to cut off pathways for uh, an army to come out of the deployment zone and funnel them another pathway that's more advantageous for me to fight. So having that mobility allows you to do that yeah. on the offensive side. And definitely, you know, when we talk about these episodes, right, before we actually record, guys, it is one of those things where we're coming from a place of uh, of, of learning, right? Oh, Absolutely. And so we're new to 10th edition as well. And I think we both felt this pain of getting trapped in your deployment zone, getting trapped in, getting boxed in. And I think, you know, I always imagine those teachers that read the book like two days ahead of this, <laughs> the rest of the class. And that's just where we're at, guys. We are two days ahead of you in class with, our, with just a couple of chapters ahead of you guys in the book. We're sitting in the front row taking notes and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's one of those things where, you know, I've been stuck in my deployment zone. And, 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 I, and I realize, you know, because when I first look at that book and I first look in there and I say, okay, I'm going to play these blood angels. I'm going to get a repulsor executioner because this thing just blasts, dude. This thing's a monster cannon. I'm going to give me some gladiators. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get that. Anybody who comes near me, I'm blasting them off the table, right? Yep. I'm going to get dreadnoughts that are great at close combat. We're just going to go wild. I'm going to hit. And and it's really easy to get picked off by that, uh, by that, um, I guess, that aura of Killy, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you start seeing that red. Yeah. That red rage like we talked about last week. It's like, and you always kind of imagine in your mind, what it's going to feel like for somebody to run at you, and then you're just like this this brick wall that they crash against. You say, ha-ha, and you kill them, right? And, and you did do that. It's just you didn't score no points. I didn't score any points. And so, you know, it's it's one of those things where at the end of the game, you're sitting there, you're like, man, I killed off, you know, a huge portion of this army. It's like, well, you got 20 points, and they've got 70 points. Yep. And while you were back here stuck in your deployment zone, while you were, you know, all of your dreadnoughts are alive, you're killing off, you murdered this, that, and the other, you weren't getting any points. You weren't, you know, you had to keep dumping objectives because there was no way you could possibly get a dreadnought across the table that quickly, or you couldn't get a tank across the table that quickly. For sure. And that's one of the worst feelings is when you don't have anything capable of getting across the table like even in your best case scenario, take five turns to get there, right? Yep. And you draw that 
capture the uh, capture enemy the enemy outpost. outpost or behind enemy lines. It turn just, one, turn two. Exactly. You know, and you're just you know you didn't put anything in strategic reserve. You didn't put anything in deep strike. You just have nothing there that can get it. You know. Yep. I've been fortunate enough that both of my armies, other than my dwarfs, uh, they they are really fast armies. So I haven't really had that struggle. But I have been on the flip side where I'm trapping people and just seeing people fr- so frustrated that they can't get out of their deployment zones. Although some people do love it, uh, castle players. But like we're saying, is we're, we're not seeing those people get the points that they need to get. Because even if you are a castle player and you take fixed ob- objectives... I know what your objectives are every round now, and I can work to d- deny you those points. Yeah, let's talk about that. Explain that a little bit, how fixed objectives works versus strategic. So fixed is uh, there's a certain amount of the strategic objectives that could be, or the tactical objectives that could be uh, fixed objectives. And from that list, you pick. And they're usually like the cleanses, the deploy teleport homers, behind enemy lines. But usually these armies will have like throwaway units that will go do these while they have these elite gun lines, right? Right. And it's very easy to see them, like I talked about last week, is, you know, what are Arbites doing with Custodes? That's their scoring unit. I need to go kill that unit. Because now I'm forcing them to to use their, whatever the Terminators are called, or the regular dudes that are even still tough for Custodes. Yeah, I was kind of thinking about, you know, especially when you're talking about this, like, strategic versus fixed. If you do run that gun line... The tendency is, let me go with fixed objectives. Let me do something like cleanse. Yep. And I will, I have full visibility to this objective. Yep. So I have this unit that can just go scrub the shit out of it and cleanse, 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 cleanse. But the, you're losing and you're leaving on the table something like 40% of the points by choosing that cleanse. Yep. And, and it's. And you're also limited to the amount of points. Like strategic or the tactical you can get more points. Like if you max score strategic versus max scoring uh, tactical. Your, your tactical versus the fixed, Yep, uh, you're going to score more points on the tactical missions versus the fixed. Every time. And I think, uh, and especially if you're a newer player and you're listening to this, I'm pretty sure that you're not planning on, you probably don't have a fixed objective, like <laughs> idea of how you're going to play your gun line. You're probably not... Uh, arguing in your truck with us about how you're going to, uh, well, I run fix so I can do this. It's, you're not going to have a good time. You're definitely not like, if you plan on being a, uh, a, a tournament player, you plan on being a competitive yep. player. You're probably not going to have a good time. Those unless people you have are going to see, see <laughs> your, see your objective and just deny you points all day. Yeah. As soon as you announce you're fixed and, they see exactly what you're trying to do. They're just drooling at the mouth. That's all they care to kill at off at that point. But, I mean, going back to what you said earlier, though, and I, I just want to come back to it, is, you know, you don't dedicate what's in strategic reserves or even deep strike until the deployment step. Right. So this makes it very, very versatile. You can, you know, if you can overpower your, your opponent's army and you think that you're strong, put all your models on the board. But if you have things that uh, need to come in the back line and you, you're going to struggle getting on that back line, that strategic reserve's there. And then you don't have to put strategic reserves right at turn two. You can still hold them turn three. I think it's up to turn four. After turn four, they die. 
Yeah, so it is truly one of those situations where you have to size up your opponent. You do have to have some, some you know, surface level knowledge of what you're playing against. Yep. Like in the case of that, the game I saw you play the other day against, you know, uh, Eric. Yep. It's one of those situations where if I saw somebody put down some immobile, you know, basilisk platforms and put them down, everything like that. I know that those are never going to move off that table edge. I know that that's I'm, a parking lot. That's a part. I'm never going to be able to go in there. And, nope. and so uh, it is one of those things where you do have that flexibility to not put them out there. You do have the flexibility to come on the table side. You have the flexibility to just deploy with the rest of your army and be an additional unit. Because generally, like we said, it's going to be a unit that can stand on its own. So now instead of saying, okay, well, I'm going to go try and hit your back objectives. Yep. Now you can say, well, I'm going to try and get that middle board control. Yep. And so. And, and I mean, there's discussions on how to move on your first turn. And, you know, usually you want the middle board control and then one of the objectives. But if they're not posing any threat and you're not going to be able to get to their home objective, take the whole board. Yeah. It's a, if you look at the, the different actual like secondary objectives, right? There's, there's a few, and it truly is rare. And I, and I always talk about the, the hourglass, right? Yeah. The hourglass, if you were to look at the top down of a table and you see an hourglass, the best possible places for your units to be is within that hourglass based on strategic objectives. Mm-hmm. Now, why we say that is because the, the different strategic objectives that you're getting offered for these secondaries, you're getting offered table quarters. Mm-hmm. And so you're looking for that straight down the middle split. You're looking at secure the center objective or secure the center of the table. It's massive points. Okay. And so you look at that hourglass that fits right inside there. And then you're also looking at uh, uh, the, the investigate the, the radio signals, signals yep. which is the corners. So if you can stay within that hourglass of the table, you're going to be in good shape. Now, granted, there is going to be, when you're looking at no man's land and you're looking at the objectives, there is going to be stuff that's going to be out of that hourglass, right? But generally, what we will say is that hourglass shape, that middle look does extend out, but rarely should you ever find yourself on the outside flank of that board. You, You want to be kind of pushing into that middle there. Uh, I've had the most success with kind of like a V-shaped pattern yep. of just piling into the middle of the, their deployment zone. You can't go wrong. It, it, I mean, Eric moved up one of his guys. He was trying out the uh, the Ogren, so he wanted to get some close combat. But what that allowed me to do is just charge chain basically into his deployment zone. And next thing he knew, turn two, he has gas in his face in his deployment zone. Right in the middle, baby. Straight up the middle, just like Dad did it. <laughs> That's how America does it. Yes, sir. So it it is one of those things where obviously a lot of these tactics, a lot of these uh, different methods are going to come with, with it with, and once again, we're just two chapters ahead of y'all in the book, right? That's all it is. We're not, you know, anything special. We're not winning hundreds to go. Yeah. We've got a full book, a full semester of chapters we have to figure out. And so I would say we both get a good amount of games in each week. Yes. At least (laughs) averaging one or two. Um, I try to get around three in. And, I mean, that's the best way to learn it, honestly, is just keep on playing. And and eventually what happens is you do start seeing these, you know, different play styles start emerging and things like that. And you start realizing how a play style is going to, and usually it's a, 
if you know that you're playing a, a heavy hitter army, you play a very aggressive army, you know, that once, like we had previously said, that red starts showing up in their eyes. And what they do yep. is they're just, they just want to kill. And so what happens is, you know, you find yourself in a situation where now you're, you're essentially just, you know, holding the, uh, holding the apple on the string. It's like, if I can see that you're an aggressive player, if I can see that you want to kill stuff, you're ignoring objectives, I'm going to move bait units away exactly. and bait you off of objectives so exactly. I can go capture them with something that's much quicker than you. And not necessarily tougher, you know. It's a, I'm more mobile, I'm faster, you know. I'll put a unit straight out in the middle. No yep. cover, you shoot them. Yep. You're wasting attacks on a unit that I don't really care about. Yeah, it's it's, it's it truly is all about getting into your opponent's head, kind of seeing how they want to play, and having answers for when you need that mobility. Because if you find yourself without the answer, if you don't find yourself, I don't have a unit that could possibly do this, yep. you've already lost, right? Yep. There's just too much. Uh, there's too much for leaving a zero-point uh, zero uh, turn on the table, right? That's oh, yeah, just, for sure. It, it just it hurts way too hard. And, and really, that is what you should be factoring in, is every turn you should... And, and granted, you know, the, the bring it downs, the assassinate, those are the easy ones. Yeah. You, you absolutely, everybody's going to have something that's like, oh, there's a character in this unit. I'm going to put everything I have against it. Put all my 2,000 points, try to get Yeah, we're going to kill that. You know, it's it. And that's maybe later on in the game, it gets a little bit harder. For sure. I hate getting bring it down with a full, like. When I've yeah. already brought it all down. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's rough. It's the and, worst. Well, I think that brings up another point is have an idea of what's in your tactical. The more you play, you'll know what missions you're going to get. Have an idea what's left. Are you talking and about counting cards right now? <laughs> I'm not talking about counting cards. I'm just have an idea, right? <laughs> have an idea of what is left and make sure that you're pre-measuring to make sure that you can get to those corners if investigate signals hasn't come up. Oh, we're talking about advanced Warhammer right now. Bro. I mean, if, if, if you want to take that next step in that I next level, it. I would definitely make sure that you can get to these objectives and then also hold on to that one per game burn objective, secondary objective. And I'd like to keep that till the very end where it's kind of harder. But with my Grey Knights, I'm really good at going and get that capture the enemy outpost. And if right. I haven't had that, I'm burning a card and trying to get those eight points. I'm getting that card counted, baby. <laughs> you get that bring it down in turn four, you say, no, thank you. <laughs> Give me that capture, capture the enemy outpost. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm looking for that easy eight. <laughs> Very cool, man. That's that's actually super good advice. I I, I just learned that just now with everybody here as well. <laughs> Is, I I definitely try to keep a mental. Also, I have that app, um, the tabletop. Uh, uh, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. There's it, a scoring app, and it keeps track of uh, all the scoring. Tabletop put, battles. Yeah, tabletop battles keeps track of all your scoring for primary, secondaries, and everything. So. I'm keeping track on there, and honestly, that's helping me keep track of what I've had to. And what could be on the way. What could be on the way, exactly. So, uh, I mean, using apps and even a notepad, I don't think it's... I don't technically think that's illegal. No, it's definitely not. You could truly have on a notepad, or even if you wanted to... Man, that'd actually be pretty smart to have a... A laminated sheet with all that on there. Maybe dry erase marker. Yeah, up. and a dry erase marker. Man, we yep. have, might have to make something like that. And that way you can say, okay, I've had this done. I've had this done. I have not had, you know, I've got four or five left. 
And so it's like, man, there's a 20% chance I'm about to get captured in the enemy outpost. I might as well just burn this card. And I actually saw Rick do that. So uh, it's kind of, I've been kind of doing it, but I saw Rick like do it like almost professionally the other day. Is he let one have an objective marker that scored one a lot of points. And uh, it was the, uh, he baited it actually. It was the, uh, where you pick, take and hold, you, the, your opponent yes. picks. Well, Rick picked an objective marker that was pretty easy to want for one to get to. But it was really easy for Rick to come and grab it from him. Right, to remove it from him. Because Rick had the uh, capture enemy out. Not capture. Uh, where you have to take objective away from an enemy. Um, he had. He knew that he still had that in his hand. He burnt a card and he pulled it. He got those points and it was just enough to put him over to win that game. It was really, really tactical and pretty, pretty awesome to see it happen live. Overwhelming force? Yeah, overwhelming force. Yeah. Dude, that's that is very smart. So he kind of baited it with easy points, which, I mean, I'm gonna take that bait. <laughs> yeah, there's only 12 objectives, so I mean, if you're pretty deep in the game, there's going to be some stuff left, yeah. especially if you've been burning your cards every time or you know moving stuff down. I mean, it's a game of probability too. I mean, we roll dice every turn. We stay rolling dice. <laughs> um, other things to think about. As far as, like, the movement aspect of the game, I'd say, is, you know, just watch out for what units your opponent has. If you're if you're running against Salamanders and he's got a unit full of, of Flamers, maybe not move into that range where he would have that 18-inch range to uh, overwatch you with them Flamers because it will hurt. That is, a, that is something that I do see that newer players don't do, and I'm, I'm glad you bring that up, especially when we're talking about mobility. It is always find yourself in a position where you can actually do something with that unit you decide to move. Mm-hmm. And just remember, guys, pre-measuring is a thing. Yeah, absolutely. And so if you find yourself in a, in a position where you say, man, I need to move these guys. I need to get them close to this objective. How many turns it is, is it going to take me? Pre-measure that out and give yourself some leeway if you plan on advancing or anything like that. Pre-measure that out and make sure that it's possible. Because I've seen where, you know, somebody will lay a tape measure down. And they'll say, oh, I can't make it. It's One like, inch out. well, yeah. you should have known that last turn because you can pre-measure. So there's no reason why that we're even in this position. You should be able to say, it's going to take me three turns to get there. And then you can look back and say, is that three turns of me sitting on this card worth it? Or should I just burn this now? Yeah, absolutely. And and just imagine if you're waiting on that third turn for that. And then what you find out is, oh, I couldn't make it. You're an inch away. Half an inch even worse. Absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, I mean, people make fun of me all the time at the shop is they'll start playing sword fights with my tape measure because I'm throwing that thing out there. I'm trying to see how far away I am from things. Uh, Threat range, too. I mean know how far that your opponent can move and charges and when you're calculating like charges or uh, even advanced rolls you know don't always say you're going to get that six that 12 inches because it's not happening not not happening happening. you're going to get a three you're going to get a seven you know that's the average and that's how i like to think about it is because i'm probably going to get a one or two because the way my dice have been rolling lately (laughs) yeah i'm a huge advocate for screening as well like that's one of my big things is Especially if you, you know we're talking about mobile stuff, I always like to have those you know quick units that can screen me. Like yep. like in the case of like let's say an impulsor or you know so like a, a a transport that's a little bit on the cheaper side, yep. but is a full box, right? 
Yeah. And so what you do is with these more mobile units, these are now your screeners. You say, oh, this is a very important unit to me. I'm not really worried about them. Let me go ahead and they've already done their job. They've already captured. Let me go and move them back. And I'm going to move across the table. I'm going to advance them everything. Because usually what will happen is with mobile units, you really don't have the best shooting. Yeah. It's pretty rare that you have really good units with, uh, especially very powerful units that are also they're, very quick. They don't cost a lot if you do. Yeah. They're called Eldar if you have that or Eldari. <laughs> you know, yeah, if, yeah, if yeah. that's what's going on, you're playing Eldari and you <laughs> don't have to listen to this podcast. <laughs> you understand already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, uh, uh, generally, when you're looking at something like that, now you've got this unit that's going to play Mama Bird and go block line of sight to units. Is going to you know completely stand in the way or block a movement. You have to charge around me. You have to you know run around me. All this different jazz because you look at a footprint of a unit and it's one inches out from that. So if you have yeah, in the case of through, yeah, you can't move range. through it. So if you have like an impulsor, which is a a six inch little tank. This yeah. is now eight inch pie plate that you can't go. This is now a block off zone. I mean, they say it all the time, and we—I saw it in Horse Heresy. But the Rhino is one of the most versatile units. That it, absolutely it, is. It it transports, but it's it's a blocking of line of sight, blocking of charging. I mean, everybody says that about the Rhino, but I think the Camara, like truly, <laughs> yeah, truly, for, like for, sure, for, sure. for points efficiency, for for how big it is, how big of a footprint it is. Like the Camara, truly is one of the. Absolutely, because of the price, it's super cheap, mm-hmm. and you think to yourself, "It's like, man, well, that gun is garbage on. It. I don't care about multi laser. <laughs> I don't care about heavy bolters." Well, yeah, that's no, what it's not. That's not what it's there for. This thing is to stand in front of you and to essentially be uh, a, a lineman for <laughs> for the rest of your back. army. Yeah. yeah, just a fullback. That's just you know keeping the keeping the wave off of you For can sure. they kill it absolutely yeah but now they just wasted an entire turn taking care of a possibly deadly demising vehicle but i i do miss that about horse heresy i love having my rhinos not blow up and be permanent cover for the rest of the game i do yeah. miss that <laughs> I miss uh, Deadly Demising hurting everything. Everything, yes, yes. It's like, yeah, this Dreadnought just annihilated <laughs> one guy. <laughs> one wound. One mortal <laughs> wound, yeah. Ow. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. There's, a, there's definitely a, some growing pains. Um, also, I mean, going back to, you know, watching out for Overwatches, but you can try to bait those Overwatches, too. If you know... There's one one area that you have to push, but you're worried about the Overwatch. Try to throw another unit out there and bait it from a a less good unit Overwatching. I mean, rolling sixes is hard. That's why the flamer is so valuable. The auto hits always, man, always. Um, yeah. Also, the know your opponent's you know abilities. Like we when we play, we kind of go over abilities. You know, hey, watch out! It's nobody wants a gotcha moment. So uh, I mean, it's, they're gonna happen. It's it's Warhammer. It's hard to keep up with everything. But, you know, just talk to your opponent. Most people are really cool about it. I have a Grey Knight's ability. If you move within 90 inches of me, I pull, pull the unit off the board, and it goes back in the teleporter. And just know that when you're moving, that as soon as you let go of that model and you're done with that movement, I'm going to be declaring that because yeah. that's it's just so valuable to me. That is a... Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's going to be some growing pains for everybody to learn every army. Yep. That is something that I have never had you do to me. Yeah. And so when you told me about it, I was like, okay, cool. Well, I'm definitely not moving. But it, the word in, got around fast around the shop, too, because <laughs> the first week that the game was out, everybody would go, oh, the moment on my biggest unit. And then 
go run towards it, and I just, yep, that's going off to the side of the board, and you don't have no more at the moment. Oh, just picking up units. One thing I did want to talk about, especially when we're talking about mobility, Mm -hmm. and it's something I don't have a ton of experience with, but I know you do, is aircraft. Yeah, so I I deflated a little bit wrong. Uh, On the first episode I talked, I learned that aircraft has to start in strategic reserves. Right. Okay. Um, So so what are your questions about aircraft? I mean, I can just go, go down the line, but... So one of the things is, because... I think what's going to happen is somebody who's going to listen to this episode, they're going to hear mobility. They're going to go into their unit list and they're going to find <laughs> something that has the most movement. They're going to hit that storm raven that's got that 20 inch movement. And they're going to go, that's the one. At least 20 inch movement. <laughs> yeah, got to move this fast, right? And I think what's going to happen is, you know, they're going to see that aircraft. They're going to see this is the most mobile thing in the game. They're going to say, yep. this is my answer to play from here on out. Yeah. And, and when we talk about mobility, that's not the kind of mobility that we're talking. That's a completely, absolutely not separate type of thing. It, there's a one major flaw to aircraft right now, and it's not a it's a it's a good flaw. I think is their OC value is zero. Like you're not going to capture points with them. You're not going to score with them. Um, you're coming in on turn two. It's very easy to see where you're going. Like I talked about, you're flying that minimum of 20, so people can kind of screen you out for your, your flying paths. Um, they are very useful, I think, because not a lot of people are taking anti-fly right now. So they're, it, you can't go fight them. Right. But you they're, can still shoot them. They're good at avoiding getting attacked and getting fought. But because their OC is not going to be... These are, when we talk about aircraft, we put them in the same category as big tanky killers, right? Like, they're going to be in the same realm as, like, these slow units that can, you know, can do damage, can do work, but they're not going to be valuable to you in the... uh, That's not your scoring unit. In your your actual gameplay. They're going to be good at killing models, but not good at scoring. And and generally, when we're talking about mobility, that's the goal that we're trying to to push you guys in is is to use that mobility to score. Don't use this mobility to, you know, fly around and go murder stuff and all this jazz. Because then you're just doing the same thing we just talked about, and eventually somebody's going to just shoot you down and <laughs> just absolutely get what over I, it. What I kind of use my aircraft for is to get into the enemy back line early turns when they are castled up, and make some holes for me to get in with my deep strike units or my strategic reserve units, or push them out into my 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 units that are really good at fighting. Um, but yeah, they're they're not necessarily good at the scoring aspect of the game. Now, I will say playing against Steven Storm Raven and having that thing bounce back around and back and forth and yeah. it can dump people off for me, that was unfortunate for me. I mean, that, that is something to talk about. I mean, with my Grey Knights, I can take a Storm Raven, right? I go dump some Terminators down on a point. They're OC3. They're really tanky. Come take that point from me, you know? Yeah, so... They do have a, a place in the scoring aspect of, and of mobility, you know, but them themselves aren't the... Yeah, I think that's much less the value of a flyer yeah. and more or less the value of a transport. transport. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so it does come into a very interesting uh, scenario there where not every flyer is equal. And, and yeah. I would say that every transport is useful in this mobility case, but not every... Flyer. flyer is useful in this mobility case. Yeah. 
we're talking about the transport side of the, the storm raven absolutely moving moving your moving your units around and getting them to the the back side of the table is, is definitely some value there and then talking about deep strike i mean if people don't know deep striking you turn it turn two you can come in as deep strike set up anywhere on the battlefield nine inches away from your opponent right it's pretty powerful uh, some armies and some units have where you, you can go within three inches with a stratagem or ability, but right. usually you can't charge out of it, right? Yes. Now, something that I'm very familiar with is deep striking playing Grey Knights. My whole army can do it. It is really hard getting those nine-inch charges. Yeah, absolutely. It, I mean, I have one guy that gives me a plus three to charges, and the rest is it's none, right? <laughs> um, and something that I've learned is yes, those units are very powerful to get you wherever. If you are going to try to attempt that 9-inch charge, be very mindful during the shooting phase. Because if I shoot the unit that I'm 9 inches away from me, and I kill a guy, and the other opponent has any knowledge of how Warhammer works, I don't know about you, but the first one I'm pulling is the one that you measured 9 inches from. So now that turns into a 10-inch charge. Or even worse, you kill multiple, and now that's, and now your unit's butt naked out there, because most of the time those units want to get into melee, especially with my gray knights. I want to get into melee to be protected from shooting, and I've shot myself in the foot a couple times like that. No, that is a huge, huge, huge thing to talk about right now because that was something that everybody seemed to think was just easy. Oh, <laughs> that was like, that was one of them. I was like nine nothing. Everybody, everybody was you know looking at these deep strikers. Say, man, if I can do a you know, let's say they're castled up. Oh well, I can deep strike in. And I can still charge out of deep strike. Yep. I'll just go nine inches out of the deployment zone, and then boom, here I am. I'm going to go and charge that unit that's in their deployment zone. I'm going to kill it because generally you will see that a lot of deep striking units are pretty decent at close combat, especially when you're looking at like you know assault squads, death yep. company. You know, a lot of these uh, these different, uh, you know, swooping hawks, things like that. There's a lot of good deep striking close combat units that you do want to get into combat. and So it know, is tempting. Because those units sometimes are slow, too. And yeah. I mean, in the case of my Terminator's five-inch movement versus deep striking nine and, inches away. And so quickly do you learn that, uh, <laughs> that that nine, even a re-rollable nine, is not guaranteed. It's rough, man. <laughs> it's, Especially for me, I can't roll. I don't know about other people. My dice are cursed. I can't roll above five on a charge. You saw me roll a three on a two-inch charge the other day. So it's, <laughs> it's just it's insane to me, man. It, it truly is one of those situations where it seems like everybody can do it. And you're just like, nine <laughs> inches, plus I got that CP if I need it. <laughs> Shit, no problem. And then you're just like, you rolled a six. You rolled us eight. Eight <laughs> sounds great. Like that's a great roll. Still not nine, no it's guy. Above average. Yeah. <laughs> Still not nine. How many times have I played my gray knights and come up to you afterwards and say, "I one turn I failed five charges." Uh, every time I've talked to you. Every time I play my gray knights, I fail my charges like crazy. It's because you're declaring nine inch charges. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but like at the beginning. I have one guy that, you know, has a three-inch charge. I can give another enhancement to give one more inch. But still, it's just it's not enough. That never is, baby. It's yeah, never yeah. Is. I, just, I, I mean, I played you a Grey Knights the other day and didn't deep strike one unit. I can make 12-inch charges when I only need three inches. But, man, I, if you give me a nine-inch <laughs> charge, man, I ain't even... Never making it, man. That's not even declaring it. <laughs> <laughs> not even declaring it. I don't even give you the chance for Overwatch. 
No. But, I, I mean, that does bring up something else, though. If they have used an Overwatch, and you do have a long charge. You may as well. Might as well roll it, right? You may as well. Because you can only use the Overwatch once per turn. I don't know, man. I think I think you know the biggest takeaway from this whole episode, right? And and it's, it's a lot of the stuff we've talked about is 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 kind of coming back. But I, I would say that if you're going to take anything away from this episode as a newer player, when you're looking at purchasing units, buy stuff outside of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Start looking at models that you that just seem more mobile and have that in your back pocket. And I challenge anybody listening, I challenge you on your next five games, your next five games to train yourself, I want you to put something in strategic reserve. And get a good use out of it. And, and and get a use out of it. At least get that feeling. And it's it's difficult, right? It's gonna be difficult. It's not gonna feel right. You're gonna feel like, why am I doing this? I've got my army already laid out. This is a I play Astra Militarum, Eric. And I don't <laughs> you know, I like to castle up. I don't like to do this. Put something in strategic reserve. Find something that's gonna go into strategic reserve and just every game put that one thing in strategic reserve. Come in on the side of the, the side of the battlefield turn two, or come in the enemy's deployment zone in, in turn three. Just have that ready, have that going. I promise, what's going to happen is if you do that and you start showing that you do that for five games, you're going to for one see the value of it. You're going to see that it is a tool to use, and I promise you're going to shake up your entire meta. Oh, for sure. If they're not already doing that. You are going to shake up the entire meta of your game store if you start throwing stuff in strategic. Because I don't think anybody in our game store uses strategic reserve right now. Besides, other than Eric, honestly, yeah, yeah, <laughs> talk, talk shit about him. But uh, <laughs> so you can spend two CP, or, yeah, two CP, and bring a guard unit back as like reinforcements. Yeah, and they come out with strategic reserves. And Eric loves coming in my deployment zone with them damn horses too. Yeah, no, that, that's what I'm saying, man. It, it is one of those things where he could have done that for free. He yeah. could have had the CP, you know. Yeah, it's like exactly. they died anyway. The loser horses, <laughs> <laughs> fucking fuckwad horses. <laughs> they dying all the time anyway. Getting come back. <laughs> they should have never gone anywhere in the first place. And them twenty man blobs, man. He puts them right by the objective. You know, I, I I talk about it all the time. Like, you know, you you've seen the way I play. You see that I, you know, I have. I, I cover my back zone, right? Your, I, your play style is unique, I would I, say. I, I definitely plays the game like you. I, I definitely want nobody in my... I, I don't want anybody scoring eight points, right? That's my yeah. big thing. You're not going to score eight points on me. I've got my librarian dreadnought who just like hitting the glove like a catcher, right? <laughs> just like, yeah. bring it on. Get over here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blood, blood lance somebody. And so... Uh, uh, I watch that back zone, but it, it, I'm always afraid that some dread knight or some, you know, something just. Hey, I, I had that one guy. <laughs> I mean, that's the, the glory of the gray knights is that one guy with high OC. I dropped him right in your, your deployment zone three inches away. That's all it is, man. That's all it is. And then you're just, you're done. What can I do? Yep. He's here. We've got to do something. Then you go into panic mode. It completely changes the way I'm doing my army. If I've, you know, 
oath a moment. I've got to oath the moment that thing. So if you want to take some heat off of the rest of your army, I've got to take care of that. I'm panicking. I'm, you know, it's so much stuff happens whenever something shows up in your back line yeah. and, and kind of figure out, it's like, man, by turn three, what is going to happen? You know, I'm going to, my stuff's going to be weak. Yeah. You know, I'm going to have my big baddie that I brought with me, you know, my repulsor executioner, or maybe my, you know, my, my bloodthirster, or my Angron, you know, he's going to be hurting. Yeah. It's going to be really nice when I could take some heat off of him with an immediate threat that has to get taken out. Yeah. Nobody so, wants that, that double side pressure. Nobody wants that sandwich pressure. It's really, really hard to deal with. So I definitely challenge you guys challenge you to play five games where something goes in strategic reserve and let us know let us know how that works out it might not work out all five games but i promise you you'll learn something from you're it. you're gonna learn something from and it you're gonna want to keep on doing it and then it's gonna happen where you're going to be able to identify when it's a good idea to do that yep so i think we're right there at the 55 minute mark i think yes, this sir. has been a good episode yeah i really love this episode i'm it's a, really nice. I wish I could have heard this episode whenever I started playing. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, maybe I wouldn't make those nine inch charges. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But guys, man, we do absolutely love to hear feedback on these episodes. We are a newer podcast. We are t- geared towards newer players. If you listen to this and you know of newer players, go ahead and send it their way. Uh, RadioFreeCadia.com. It'll take them right to Spotify. We are on Google podcasts. We're not on Apple podcasts yet. If you want to join the community that we are a part of and ask us questions directly or make suggestions for the podcast, anything like that, we do have an active Discord. Just go to WarhammerDiscord.com in your Chrome, your browser, whatever you have. It'll take you right to the uh, Radio Free Istvan Discord, which is the the parent podcast, the 30K podcast to Radio Free Cadia. And you can join the community. We have all sorts of things going on in there. We have... Uh, painting competitions going on every month. Uh, this month, we're actually finishing up the character painting competition. And September 1st, right now, it looks like a vehicle Ooh, is I'm going excited. to be the winner of, of September. So if you have a vehicle you want to paint up, and you come enter this competition with us. We offer a $50 gift card for the uh, community voted winner. And it's a it's an excellent, excellent uh, Discord. You can go ask questions in there. We've got all sorts of things like mental health channel. We have a handyman channel. We have a work in progress channel, a painting recipe channel. All sorts of things are going on in there. It's all time going. We got people in the UK. We got people in the US. It is nonstop. You're going to wake up to thousands of uh, notifications of people talking in there. It's, it's a good pretty time. Pretty big people in the, the community too. Yeah, some, some rather large individuals in the community. That's going to be WarhammerDiscord.com. Uh, if you guys do us a favor, guys, and go rate this on uh, whatever podcast app you're on. We are trying to grow this a little bit. I know we're only on episode two. We're trying to keep this on a weekly hour basis, and we're also trying to uh, grow a little bit and to get it spread out to the community. So, so you do that for us. If you found any use from this podcast, if you could share it, we definitely would appreciate that. Yeah, super appreciate it. Love y'all guys. And y'all if keep you, on rolling them sixes. <laughs> and if you see your opponent just randomly started putting stuff in strategic reserve after this episode. I think you know why guys. <laughs> Y'all have gone. Bye.